to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. The human mind is so twisted that it is considered intelligent or intellectual to believe something that is obviously impossible and absurd. And to believe something that is entirely possible and reasonable is considered stupid and foolish. So if you believe that God created the world, you're stupid, according to a lot of people in the culture today. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Revelation. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Revelation chapter 4, verses 8 and 11, in a message titled, The One Who Was and Is to Come. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Now, this is what men and devils have been trying to do from the very beginning of time. And, and this attempt to overpower God, it's going to culminate in this book of Revelation. And we're going to see it. it it's going to work itself out in history, obviously. But we're seeing history in advance. And this is what it all comes down to. Men and devils are seeking to dethrone God. They're seeking to overpower him, but it is impossible. It cannot be done. And of course, as we read through the book, we're going to see that is exactly the case. Men's efforts have failed thus far, and they will continue to fail, even though all of the demons and all of humanity rises up against God, they will not dethrone him. As a matter of fact, as the second psalm says, he that sits in heaven will laugh at such a gathering. So God has all power. Nothing can overpower him. But then we see also that we're told here about his eternal nature and his self-existence. Both things are included in the reference to God as the one who was and is and is to come. Now, maybe you remember we've met with this phrase earlier in the first chapter. This is how God is described. But here we have it again, the one who was and is and is to come. And there are a number of things that are included in that, but two that I'll point out are the eternal nature of God and his self-existence. So when we say God is eternal, what are we saying? We're saying that God didn't have uh, any beginning and he has no ending. And let's be clear, only God is eternal. This is one of the things that <laughs> makes him God. He alone is eternal. So he has no beginning. He has no ending. Moses in the 90th Psalm, he said that from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God had no beginning. He has no ending. But eternity is a hard thing for us to wrap our heads around, isn't it? It's one of those things that it's like the more you think about it, the more it evades comprehension. At least that happens with me. The more I think about it, it's, I don't feel like I'm getting any closer to understanding it. I feel like the harder I think about it, the less I just end up like, oh, my brain is just on overload. Eternity. How do we understand eternity? Well, of course, the problem is that we are creatures of time. We only know time. 
So for us, eternity is a, is a concept that's just difficult for us to even get hold of. Now, C.S. Lewis gave an illustration that maybe is helpful. He said to take a sheet of paper and imagine the sheet of paper, just it, it just goes on infinitely. And then he said, take a pen and just somewhere, you know, on the sheet of paper there right in front of you, just, just draw a small straight line. And he said, that's history right there. And everything else, this infinite sheet of paper is eternity. So some, some say that eternity is not something distinct from God, that eternity is actually, it is part of who God is, and that very well might be the case. Eternity is not just a long, 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 long time, because again, we're thinking in terms of time. Eternity is something different. Time fits into eternity, so God is eternal. And that necessitates really that he also be self-existent. And that is also what is being stated in this reference to him. Now, God is unique. He alone has the power of being. He alone is the source of all being. Now, being is, an, is a very interesting thing. Think about this. We, we are human beings, right? What, have you ever stopped to think about what that means? Well, a, human, a being is the way of, it's just another way of describing our existence. So we exist. How do we exist? Why do we exist? Because someone made us. We were brought into existence. And the passage here tells us that all things were created by him. It is by his will that all things exist. We exist because God made us. We have being because he gave us being. We do not possess being in ourselves. We're not a self-existent being. You have no control over your existence. You had nothing to do with, your, with the fact that you came into existence, and you have no power to keep yourself from going out of existence, at least in the sense of your, your physical life leaving you. You know, the most absolute evidence for our our, our lack of power over our being is death. Because when death occurs, your, your being that has possessed your body is, is now, of course, removed from that. And, and there's, there's nothing you can do about that. But you see, God, he doesn't have that. He's, he's always been. He's self-existent. In him was life. Jesus said an amazing thing about himself. He says that he had life in himself. He's saying he's self-existent. He has life in, in himself. He's the author of life. And that's what we're talking about here when we're talking about God. Paul, in speaking to the philosophers on Mars Hill in Athens, he said to them, speaking of God, he said, in him we live and we move and we have our being. It is because of God's self-existence that we can exist at all. We are because he is. So now, just before we move on to the final point, just walk with me really quickly through this. Okay, so God is holy. He's completely other. He's so other than us in his uh, majesty and in his purity that it, it automatically humbles all of creation before him. He has all power. He's eternal. He exists. 
has existed eternally. He has, he has life in himself. Now, here's the thing. We need to think about this stuff. Because you know what happens? The, the benefit, the practical benefit of thinking about this is it, it puts everything in perspective. We often have our perspective distorted. We're often burdened and troubled and anxious about so many things that are going on. But if we keep in mind that our God, this, this is who he is, it just, it, it puts everything in perspective because what it's really telling us is, you know what? God's got it all under control. He really does. Now, the, the final thing that I want to just touch on for just a quick second in relation to God is the fact that he is the creator. And that's what we're told here. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things. You created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. God is the creator of everything. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, that's what we're told. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's how the Bible begins. In the beginning, when time began, it began because God created it. And the New Testament equivalent to that is found in John chapter 1, verses 1 and 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. And over and over again, as I pointed out, this, this book of Revelation is going to come back around to this as God is finally bringing the whole universe under his immediate authority. And the revolt that began so long ago is going to finally be done away with. There's the constant reminder that all things have come from God. He really does own everything. He's the creator of everything. Now, you either believe that, you either believe the account I just quoted from Scripture, or the only other real alternative is to believe the impossible. And this is the impossible, that nothing created something that became everything. Listen, that's what naturalism teaches. That's, that's, the, that's the bottom line of naturalism, that nothing created something that became everything. Now, in our culture today, the, the, the mind of man is so twisted. And, you know, it is astounding how twisted the human mind. You know, we, the, the Bible has been telling us that the human mind is twisted. It's always told us that. But we, you know, we were kind of hesitant to believe it. But you know what? The, the, the deeper we go into depravity, and the more we reject God, it's becoming, I think, you know, pretty clear to anybody who wants to see how twisted the human mind is. But the human mind is so twisted that it is considered intelligent or intellectual to believe something that is obviously impossible and absurd. And to believe something that is entirely possible and reasonable is considered stupid and foolish. 
So if you believe that God created the world, you're stupid, according to a lot of people in the culture today. But if you believe that nothing created something that became everything, then man, you're smart. How does that figure? Listen, think about it. What is a billion times zero? It is zero, right? Okay, so what is nothing? That nothing is nothing. Does nothing do anything? Nothing is nothing. So for nothing to create something is just a contradiction. How could nothing create something that became everything? But listen, that's what the argument really comes down to. And, you know, you can get, you can argue if you want to, if you have the, the ability and the education, if you want to argue on the level of, well, you know, whatever you want to argue. You want to argue fossils, you want to argue astronomy, you know, you, you can do all of that. That's fine. But if you're kind of like me and all of that stuff just, goes in one ear and out the other, then let's just reduce it down to what it ultimately comes to. And this is it. Naturalism essentially teaches that nothing created something that became everything. And that is impossible. It's impossible. It's absurd. So it's not really the intelligent position. I think it's really the stupid position. But it's the, it's the typical, the emperor uh, has no clothes. You know, no, nobody wants to say it because, well, if you say it, you're gonna, people are going to think you're, you're stupid. Well, if, if embracing the absurd is necessary in order to be thought of as smart, then I will take my place with the stupid people of the world because it's absurd. It is absolutely absurd. God created everything. Nothing does nothing. It is nothing. But of course, the problem with God creating is that he probably has something to say about how to function as his creation, and that's the real rub. People don't want to hear that, but it doesn't matter. God is worthy to receive glory and honor and power as the creator. And now listen, as we close, it is by his will and for his pleasure, we exist and we're made. We please God and give him glory by living for his will. That's why we exist. Remember, we're not self-existent. We had no no say-so in our, in our coming into existence. We have no say-so in our leaving this world. We're here by his will. And as the, the King James Version puts it, for by your will or for your good pleasure, everything exists and was created. We were created for God's good pleasure. We were created to know God and to live in a relationship with him. We were created to do his will. And this is what I want to leave you with today. I want to leave you with the challenge to think about who God is, to take time intentionally to think about these things, not to settle for just, 
yeah, I heard about this and I heard about that, but, but take the time to go a little deeper like we're doing. We don't have time, obviously, to go real deep with this, but, but you know, when we talk about the holiness of God or we talk about the fact that he's all-powerful or when we talk about his eternality or these things, to take the time to think about it a little more than we might normally do. To even, you know, maybe, maybe pick up a, a book that will help us think a little bit about it. I, I referred earlier to The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer, an excellent book that's very helpful in thinking about these things. But to do that, to think about, to meditate on his holiness, his power, his eternality, his self-existence, his creative genius, you see, as, as we think on these things and as we're astounded by these things and as we're humbled by these things, you know what it does? It just causes us to do what we were created to do. It causes us to worship and to live for his will. And I, I want to encourage you to do that. I want to challenge you to do that. There's two great books of revelation that we've been given one is called general revelation. The other is called special revelation. General revelation is what we see in nature. Special revelation is what we have in the Bible. The difference is general revelation tells us pretty much about the power of God. Special revelation tells us about the heart and the love of God. You're not going to meditate on a tree and draw the conclusion Jesus died for your sins. You're going to find that in the Bible. But you are going to meditate on, meditate on a tree or a star or something like that, and you're going to find out, man, God is awesome. God is amazing. God is powerful. And we need to do both. We need to think on these things. And so meditate, of course, on God's word, the special revelation. And when we read about the death of Christ and we read about the blood of Christ and we read about you know, the love of God and all those things, think about it. Ponder it. Give time to consider the, the full implications of it. But when we think about creation, do that as well. I know for myself, this, this helps me tremendously. Because like I said earlier, it just it puts everything in perspective. And what I like to do is I like to think about the, the micro and the macro. I like to think about the smallest things and then go out and think about the largest things and think that, wow, God's responsible for both of those things and everything in between. It's amazing. A mosquito's a fairly small, right? Mosquitoes have stomachs. Did you know that there are living creatures in the stomach of mosquitoes? Now, I only know that because my son-in-law is a biology professor, and he tells me all kinds of weird things, <laughs> things that I wouldn't know anything about. And he's shown me pictures of these creatures in the stomachs of mosquitoes, and I'm sure that the people who made Star Wars and things like that, they saw those pictures at some point, and they, uh, some of their creatures, they, they modeled them after that. So imagine, I mean, the smallness of a mosquito, and imagine creatures living in the stomach of a mosquito. And of course, there's things smaller than that, right? There's atoms, but then there's, there's subatomic particles and things like that. Unbelievable. 
But then there's this amazingly vast universe that's so huge, we can't even begin to conceive of its vastness. And in it, there are all of these, they say now millions, they even say billions of galaxies and billions of stars in each galaxy. And some of the stars are so massive that it's almost incomprehensible. And here's my point. You think about all that and you realize that there's not one thing that exists that God did not make. Nothing. He's responsible for it all. He made it all. And here's the thing. A God who made all of those things, you can bet your life he's got everything under control. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be filled with anxiety. You don't have to be overwhelmed or overcome by the circumstances of life, whatever they might be, because this is the God that loves you. This is the God that is covenanted with you. This is the God that you're in relationship with. And man, you just say, well, I'm fine. God's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it all. So whether it's personal things for you alone, or it's things that are impacting your family, or it's going out into things that concern us in our society, he's got it under control. So you see that the there's a practical thing that comes out of theological meditation. The more we understand who God is and his greatness, it has a practical benefit for us. It gives us peace. And so let these things astound you, let them humble you, and worship him with your life dedicated to doing his will. You are here because God made you. That's why you're here. That's why you exist. He's given you life, and he's given you life so that your life would come into conformity to his will and glorify him. Make sure that's happening, because that's what it's all about. Now, let's join Pastor Brian and Cheryl in the studio as they share about this month's resource. So, Brian, John Bonner, a missionary pioneer in Peru, has written a book. He has written a book called The Myth of Coincidence, and it is such a great book. It's a small book, but you know how both of us love missionary biographies? That's right. Well, this is one adventure, I'll tell you. It's an amazing story of how... You know, John's own personal life and some of the things that happened, some of the tragedy, his meeting Pilar, his wife in Mexico City, them being there during one of the big earthquakes, and then the Lord leading them into Peru. And now 20 years they've been in Peru and pioneering the gospel there, planted many churches, and I couldn't put the book down. It was a page turner. So John Bonner and the title, again, is The Myth of Coincidence. And he just basically shows through the book that there are no coincidences, that God is at work behind the scenes. Again, this month's resource is a book titled The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner. You can order the book The Myth of Coincidence by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. 
Scroll down until you see the photo of it, and then click on the Donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book, The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner, to help you understand that God is working behind the scenes in your life, too. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Revelation. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. Hi, this is Cheryl and Brian Broderson. And we wanted to tell you that we're going to Israel in October 2022. And we want you there with us. Yeah, the dates are October 23rd through November 4th, and this is going to be a tremendous trip. Cheryl, what's your favorite thing about Israel? I love the Galilee, but Brian, you and I both know there's so much because we love watching the Bible come alive, whether you're at Tel Aviv or you're at Jerusalem or Caesarea. Yep. Or Mount Mount Carmel. Carmel. Yes. We are so excited about this Israel trip because we absolutely love going to Israel. So we'd love to have you join us October 23rd through November 4th, 2022. And you can find more information at israel.cccm.com. We'd love to have you join us.